What's up, guys? It is us, me, Jack Coleman, and Aiden Broderick, joined by our good friend, Shane, the in-house hot take fantasy football expert. Um, I'm really excited for this episode. I've wanted Shane to come on, but we are senior quotes coming at you through Zoom. Uh, We're also presented along with Big Picture Sports Group. We've had some really good blog postings and podcasts coming out from those guys, too. And Senior Quotes is happy to be along for the ride with that. So really excited to get another episode your way. It's been a minute, I know. But, you know, school's done for us now. We're really going to start pumping out content. So first of all, Aiden, how are you? How are you doing? I'm doing all right. You know, we got uh, finals done this week. Uh, It feels like forever ago, honestly. But these last couple of days, just chilling out, getting back into the sports world and trying to figure out what's coming back as well. Like, I'm excited for Bundesliga soccer tomorrow. I'm going to be up (laughs) at 9 a.m. ready to watch a live sport that actually means something to me for the first time in who knows how long. So, yeah, I'm doing all right. Pretty well. Yeah. And Shane, what about you? How are you keeping busy? Uh, you know, business like usual. My work is still 40 hours. My girlfriend's still working. Um, just no gym. So yeah. Yeah. got this nice rig back here. <laughs> there you Try go. To keep, busy, keep up with Madden, keep up with the hot takes, keep them coming, ready for the season. Awesome. Just nothing's changed. Exciting. And uh, joining live today from the most recent episode of MJ, I'm at the Jordan Gym that was put together for uh, his time on Space Jam. So that's my new location of the week, I guess, if we're rolling with that still. But to get into our sports talk today, uh, a couple of main issues that have come up recently. I, I don't even know if we touched on Earl Thomas and that whole ordeal. No, uh, we didn't. Yeah, it's been a while, was, to be fair. That was yeah. weird. But basically, Earl Thomas took to Twitter or Instagram something, and he was like, yeah, some stuff happened. And that was it. And we're like, are you okay? Like, are you retiring or is everything good? And turns out that he, his wife had a gun held at, um, to him because he, I guess they got in a fight and then he ran off to his brother's house and the two Thomas brothers were found in the same bed in the same vicinity as a bunch of other girls. Super weird. Uh, but I guess when you're Earl Thomas, that just qualifies as stuff happens on any ordinary day, you know? Yeah, I've I've thought Earl Thomas had some weird stuff going on with him ever since uh, he just seemed like a locker room cancer in Seattle. Like he, like I remember Legion of Boom is dope, and then he just seemed like the odd man out. Not even Sherman. He made Richard Sherman seem like he was fine in the locker room. And I just, I mean, I didn't know anything about it behind the scenes with Earl Thomas, but ever since he left them and has just been kind of falling off uh, performance wise, you know, stuff like this kind of explains that to me. But uh, wasn't too surprised. Yeah, uh, and then we have this issue with Zion Williamson, his agent, coming out and saying that he had uh, some kind of bribes, whether that was monetary or favors. I I think it was some kind of favors was the wording uh, that he did in exchange for attending Duke. Um, First of all, we all know that everyone is basically getting these kind of deals, and especially if you're Zion you're probably the biggest superstar coming out of high school since LeBron. Uh, So there was going to be some kind of transaction in order for him to go somewhere. Uh, And once again, I think we're just at another place where we need to condemn the NCAA for not paying their players. We're seeing guys now go straight to the NBA G league thing or go overseas like LaMelo ball did. Like, I I don't know what it's going to take for the NCAA to just kind of suck it up and, and pay. Yeah, and a time like this probably makes it even harder to introduce payment where all these schools are going to even consider dropping sports. Even even schools like BC, where it's not a top you know tier, where the schools aren't bringing in all the revenue uh, or the sports aren't bringing in the schools' revenue. I, I just think this actually has hurt the NCAA's chance to pay players when it seemed like that was the next step because of the G League, like you said, and playing yeah. overseas. Now more players are going to go to the G League. We'll see less in the NCAA. And I think college sports are just going down the drain right now, to be honest, which sucks. Yeah. Shane, did you Yeah, I don't know a lot about the whole basketball and the college deals. Um, can Zion get in any trouble if that comes out as true? Or no, because he's already in the NBA. That's the thing is it's not really going to affect his eligibility anymore because he's already made it to the NBA. So that's not really going to be a problem. Uh, he may get some kind of fine, uh, but – 
the, the type of deals he's making and the endorsements he has, it's, it's nothing that he can't pay off or anything like that. Yeah. No, it's Zion. Like no one's going <laughs> to blame him now. Yeah. I mean, it's just something that would happen with a guy like him. I'd say if anyone would get in trouble for it, it's either the brands or the school that's paying him. Or Coach K. Would, I, I, yeah, exactly. So Duke could face something. Coach K could face something. Or the brands that might have been paying him behind the scenes could face something, but not him. I, I only wish that it was someone who went to Louisville during Rick Pitino's time and we could have had what those actual favors were, probably like strippers or something. Oh. Uh, but um, so moving forward, uh, you know, Zion will keep an eye on that. And I'm sure in the next couple of weeks we'll hear more about it. But it's kind of just so passe now that no one really cares all that much. And we all know that stuff like this goes on. Um, yeah. Now our last issue is DeAndre Baker. Uh, for the Giants, and he was arrested. I forget. It was a Seahawks player who the other other player was. Uh, I'll look it up. Yeah, it was. Um, ooh, he was just traded from the Redskins. Can't remember his name. It was armed. It was for armed robbery, I believe. Right? Yeah, or attempted. So, Quentin Dunbar. Was, Quentin yeah. Dunbar. Okay, yeah. So weird situation there, especially for us Giants fans. Uh, I know Shane will get to that later. You're not a Giants fan, but. Uh, weird situation to be in where we draft this guy. Everyone is kind of hopeful for him uh, at cornerback. I mean, it was a solid pick, and now we have to face this issue. The Giants organization hasn't really made a comment on it. They just said that they were notified of everything, and I believe they reached out to Baker. So, Aiden, what yeah. do you think? Well, I'd say, you know, way back when, when we drafted him last year, it was a great value pick. It was a guy that we thought would go earlier in the first round. And people said, you know, what a great move by the Giants to trade up, to get an extra first round or get a fifth-year option on this guy and just see what he develops into. And he flat-out sucked last year. I mean, it, it, that's how it works. The rookie cornerbacks, they got to learn how to adjust to reading pro quarterbacks and how to cover these way quicker wide receivers than they've seen in college. Even if they went to a school like Georgia and the SEC, they still don't compare to these pros who are paying money and being paid to be in the top shape out of anybody in the world. So I don't blame him for that. I do think he has some good potential. But I, now, I, well, between the quarantine and then probably going to be arrested with this warrant, yeah. I, I just don't think this potential will ever be near reached. And we don't know if he'll even be a giant come this season because usually the Mara family doesn't really waste time cutting these guys that have been involved in this kind of thing. So whether he's on the team or not, I – Kind of lost faith in him as a player. As a person, I don't know. I, I This is just never knew about this. Maybe this is why he fell a bit in the draft because of some kind of character concerns. But we'll see. But it is really disappointing with a young guy like that where I was getting really excited about the future of the secondary. Yeah, uh, definitely tough. So let's get into some football. I mean, football is kind of on its way back. I'm of the belief that the NFL is kind of just going to keep going regardless of what the world situation is. I, I feel like Goodell is one of those guys that really doesn't care. He's just going to follow through with a league like this. Uh, and especially with a lot of a, a league with a lot of like government backing and uh, a, a lot of conservative values. I, I really think that this league is going to pull through and I could not be more excited for it. The draft was awesome. The way that they did it, we already analyzed the draft and everything, but that was great. That was football back in my life. And I really, really needed that. So Shane, to start us off, I know that you're a Pats fan. Yeah. How are you feeling? How are you feeling about Brady right now? All right. So, I'm wrong for that matter. When, the Brady, when Brady announced it, you know, I think it was like the, the ending of March. So it's almost two months ago. Yeah. Thinking, I'm like, you know, <laughs> I was like, you have a guy here. He built a legacy in 20 years. What mm -hmm. other quarterback can say they've done what he's done, especially being drafted in the, 20th, in the sixth round? Mm -hmm. um, now I was upset. I was all mad, you know. And then he signed with the Bucks, which I think that threw me over the edge because it's the Buccaneers. Come on. Yeah. Of all teams, if you went to the Colts, if you went to the Chargers, I'd get his jersey. I would support him. I'd be all on. Just something about the Buccaneers. <laughs> um, you know, fast forward to the draft. I wanted Justin Herbert. I know it wasn't going to be possible. You know, if he slipped, I feel like we could have traded up. But, again, it's Bill Belichick. He doesn't do that. And then going to day two, you have – rumors of Jalen Hurts you know I wasn't sold on him watched some tape I was like all right maybe he can fit the system McDaniels will do good he went and then I'm sitting there in the third round I'm like Jake Fromm yeah I do love Jake Fromm I would have loved him there and then the Bills take him we draft a kicker instead and you know 
I sat there. I finally went and watched tape from college on Stidham. I watched his preseason. I'm all in. My jersey will be here on Monday. I'm all in on Stidham. You know, he's uh, he's mobile. You know, not many people realize how much he actually rushed in college. So he can move. His senior year, or I don't know what year he came out. I know he transferred and took a year off. He had no weapons. So that's why his numbers were down. He was supposed to be a first-round talent after his first year at Auburn, so he could have been a steal in the fourth, I believe. Mm. But going forward, I think I'm all in. And there's the rumors of Cam Newton, and I think I'd rather roll the dice with Stidham at this point. Start the legacy now, and worst case, tank for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I, I fully believe that one year of bad football for the Pats is well worth it if you can land Trevor Lawrence next year in the draft. Um, and, and what Belichick could do with him – is like that argument of if Aaron Rodgers had, you know, been with Belichick and been a part of that dynasty instead of Brady, you know, that's what I see with Trevor Lawrence, that kind of natural talent. And you put him together with that coaching in that system. I really think that'll be something special. But so are you really sold on Stidham though? I know you said all this, but like, what is the the reality of him at quarterback? Do you, how many wins do you think that you're actually going to have this upcoming season? So you go to the tape, you know, he went in, in the jets, the first game against the jets, Mm-hmm. And he had, what, four, four attempts? He went, I think, two for four. One was an interception. It was a pick six. Who was a pick, who was a pick six to, though? I Jamal Adams. I, I do not care about this. <laughs> out of all the players, though, he threw a pick six to Jamal Adams. Jamal okay. Adams could have gotten a pick off Brady. Yeah. That, that's, that's just – he could get a pick off any given player. But I didn't really watch the preseason on him because I'm thinking it's a fourth-round guy. You know, who really mm-hmm. cares about this? You know, we drafted some guy before that. I think it was – I remember his name. That's how irrelevant he is. Danny Etling, okay. you know, and that, that's what Bill Belichick does. He drafts late-round guys, and that's it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I watched his Auburn tape. You know, I even went back. He has the Friday night special from when he was a senior in college. He, I think he can be a difference maker. I think McDaniels can open up the book more because he can move where Brady couldn't. Okay. So where it was always Brady saying, Daniels, we need this system – for the same reason every analyst is saying Cam Newton would fit the scheme because McDaniels could the scheme around him, I think the same for Stidham for sure. And I think everyone's writing off Edelman too early this year. I don't think that's the case. He had his best statistical season last year. Um, the two tight ends we drafted, I'm excited to see what they can do. I don't think it'll be the Gronk Hernandez punch like we, we saw a decade ago. But from what I saw at Dalton Keene, he's kind of like Hernandez to where he's explosive enough. He can run the ball. So maybe throw some wildcat packages with him. I think yeah. Nikhil Harry coming in his second season is going to be great. Get him, get him going with Sidham early in camp. I always forget about Nikhil Harry too. You know, exactly. like he's a really talented receiver for Sidham to be able to throw to. And then you have an old reliable guy like Julian Edelman. So it's not the worst situation for him. Nah. I'm concerned like – did you actually think that Stidham was a better answer than, you know, a Jake Fromm? Like, Fromm was there. I, I really think that they could have traded up and got him if they really want him. And Fromm is a guy that I really thought was going to end up being with the Pats. I think his character fits really well within that strict Belichick uh, type of environment. I mean, is Stidham really this answer, though? Uh, it's, it, it, it's really – it's hard to tell. You know, the whole problem with Jake Fromm is dead arm. Kid can't throw long, you know, but Brady – barely threw far at all last year. Like he, yeah. it was dump off passes. So uh, Stidham's got an arm, you know, you, you got the defense, you got Gilmore who was defensive player of the year or yeah, yeah. Saying, Oh, well he would light us up in practice. That's saying something coming from arguably one of the top, if not the best corner in the league right now and playing, especially taking first team reps all last season because Brady was hurt, didn't want to practice. I think that groomed him. Do I think he's ready to necessarily go in year two? I think he might be. He might, he's going to struggle. We start off really, really tough going in the bye week. You have people saying he'll be benched for Hoyer, but I think if Hoyer comes in, that's when it's full on tank for Lawrence. Yeah, definitely. My uh, take about yeah. Fromm versus um, Stidham would be, I, I think Belichick is not going to take a quarterback that people are touting as polished, but has a dead arm higher up in value when he can get these athletes that he wants to plug into his defense and teach them the scheme that has worked so well for him so far. You just keep this guy who you've developed for a year behind Tom Brady. He's already seen that. 
you can give him starter experience this coming season. Just get him out there, win or lose. Like you said, Trevor Lawrence could be an option. You could get anyone else in the top 10 that fits another part if you still think Stidham's going to be good and just struggles as really a rookie, we'll say here, but as a first-year starter. And if he succeeds, which I think will happen, because, again, he has familiarity with McDaniels already, with Belichick already. He's practiced with the team, and apparently Stefan Gilmore has been – I think that's a little bit uh, far out there. I think that's just kind of talking him up. But it still says something if Gilmore's even going to admit that to the press. Yeah. So with all that being said, I really think you've got a guy here that – sure, I, I mean, I don't know if he's going to be the next Brady. We won't go that far. But similar to how Coleman and I have taken approaches with guys like Daniel Jones, you just got to ride with who you have and trust that your coaches are doing the right thing. And when you have Bill Belichick making the decision – you're pretty confident that you can say that. So to be honest, I'm, I mean, I'm not a Pats fan, but I'd be riding with Sidham as well. I think this is the right move. Getting a guy like Cam to start for a year or two doesn't make sense in the long run when you can develop Sidham instead. So I, I like this as well. I like the idea of getting his jersey come Monday. I think all that's a pretty good move to make. Yeah, and I think in the long run, it's going to be a win-win for Belichick. Either this is a bad offseason for the Pats and he rides with Stidham, but then, you know, gets Trevor Lawrence. If not, and Stidham actually turns out to be good, Belichick looks incredible that he took this brand-new quarterback after Tom Brady and was still able to be successful. Uh, so, Shane, outside of Brady leaving, obviously Gronk retires and then comes back. Did that one hurt more? because he, he finally returned to football only not to play for the Pats? All I can say is we got a fourth-round pick for a WWE guy. Yeah, you know? there you go. He, he took the year off. I mean, he's older, obviously. He's, he was brittle. He might be healthier now. Who knows? He's 15 pounds lighter. But I, I feel like him going to Tampa isn't going to really affect his – like, I don't think he's going to produce because you got Mike Evans. You got Chris Godwin. You got – uh, Cameron Bray and OJ Howard, who are both talented players, and OJ Howard hasn't found his calling yet because mm -hmm. it's always just throw the ball down the field. They don't utilize tight ends. Mm -hmm. So I think they might have brought Gronk in just to block, maybe. You know, who knows if he'll, he's still going to be that vertical threat he was with the Patriots. Definitely. And, and if anything, he can help out a guy like OJ Howard and kind of help him find his place, give a little mentorship. Uh, so moving on, beyond the Pats and the Buccaneers. Shane, what are your hot takes for this upcoming season? If we are to have a season, what are the hottest takes that you have on deck? Well, I always pick the one quarterback early that I ride with. Like okay. I take him, and completely unexpected, no one would expect it. I think two years ago, it was Mahomes. You know, mm -hmm. I, I rode Mahomes, and what did he do? Last year, oh. it, it was Dak. It was kind of Dak, because no one really expected him to have a season he did. But statistically, okay. he had a great season. And this year, before the draft – before the signing of Melvin Gordon, I'm riding Drew Locke. Okay. I, think he, I think he's going to take it to the next level, and he'll show that he was a better – he would have – not to knock Daniel Jones, but I think st throwing statistically he'll have a better season than Daniel Jones, and he will prove he should have been a first-round talent versus, you know, Daniel Jones or not to knock him, but I will knock Dwayne Haskins, but better than Dwayne Haskins essentially. Yeah, and, and Drew Locke, they – they seem confident in him, the whole organization. They, in this draft, built up their offense, got a ton of weapons. It seems like they're ready to rock and roll with Drew Locke, a quarterback. And I love Drew Locke. That dude is a ton of fun. I think he was pretty fun to watch. He played in the games that he played in really well. I think it's going to be a good season for Drew Locke. My quarterback hot take, though, and it's not even a hot take anymore, but I've been saying it, or a fantasy sleeper more like, is Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray is going to have an awesome season this year and really turn up uh, now that he has DeAndre Hopkins now. Uh, you have Larry Fitzgerald, who's always an old, reliable kind of guy. I really think that that system, uh, with Kyler Murray being able to rush and throw, is going to be an awesome fantasy threat. I think that's another huge hot take, was that Hopkins trade. That's, yeah. that, was, that still can't process to me. It's, it's still wild that it's Bill O'Brien, though. You should have yeah. saw it. Uh, but Chin O'Brien, he always is just awful. He really doesn't really – know how to manage his picks or anything obviously Hopkins is worth a lot more uh than what they received in return for him so uh, Aiden do you have any quarterback takes for this season that you're really interested in I probably would have gone Kyler as well I'm trying to think if I have any other options I agree with Drew Locke because when you've got Jerry Judy suiting up Cortland Sutton uh Noah Fant 
they drafted another tight end, I want to say, or have a second option. I mean, the offense is crazy, and that's such a perfect system for a guy who's going into his first full season as a starter. So I'd be very excited to see what he does, and he is the kind of quarterback I'd want on my team because I think that's a sleeper to have. But probably coming in a backup role if you're in like an 8-10 person league. Um, I think Kyler as well because I, I, I'm in the same way where I had Mahomes two years ago and he rode me to a ship. I had Lamar last year as a backup originally and won a league because of him. I think Kyler has that kind of opportunity now, especially with Hopkins, with the same kind of running game that Lamar was able to introduce as well. You just got to hope that that offensive line has been improved enough to give him the time to make those passes and have a better season than he did last year because with all the weapons he did have already, didn't really do too much last year. And I would blame that on not enough pass, or pass blocking around him to give him the time. So what about – we've already talked about him, but Tom Brady in that stacked Bucks offense now, is he going to be too high in, in drafts this year? Or do you think that because of recent years he'll be at a perfect spot to land a quarterback like Brady who has a ton of weapons now? Um, I want to say that – Yeah, you I think Brady could finish as a top 10 fantasy quarterback, but I think he could also struggle because, again – Arian's system is – it's Arian. It's throw the ball, chuck the ball. Brady hasn't been known to throw the ball deep recently. Right. But if he keeps getting check downs to Godwin, Godwin can take him to the house on like a five-yard slant. So I, I guess it all depends on the relationship he's able to build with them because back to the Nikhil Harry, he didn't flash last year because if you don't have Brady's trust, he's not throwing you the ball. Yeah. So I could see him finish I, – I don't see him putting up Jameis numbers last year at the 5,000 yards. Mm-hmm. I would say 35 to four, you know, 25 touchdowns. And I don't even want to get into interceptions. <laughs> See, I would say, you know, my gut instinct when you asked that question was I just thought of Brady's season last year and was like, there's no way he could be a top 10 quarterback. But, you know, it's such a different team around him compared to the weapons he had at his disposal last year. He, and regardless of what his arm is at now, he still can throw a lot pass to Mike Evans and Mike's going to bring those down. He's going to have a ton of red zone touchdowns. Chris Godwin can do anything from run deep to run a slant to just catch a check down pass. Like you said, and Gronk is back and he knows how to use Gronk to his advantage. So yeah, I think top 10 is a fair guess, but he's a guy that again, I wouldn't draft because I think the hype around him is going to be too big again. And I think you can find somebody else say Kyler, who I think people are still sleeping on. And I think he'll have a better season than Brady by the end of this year. And this is the first time that Tom Brady has, you know, a star caliber receiver like Mike Evans now since really Randy Moss. Like it's been that long. uh, If you're going to count Gronk, sure. But outside of Gronk at tight end, he hasn't had a wide receiver of this kind of caliber. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see where he starts out in in mock drafts and everything. Uh, But I think for the right price, Brady might be a solid quarterback pick. Um, Shane, what about any other positions? What, what kind of hot takes do you have? Before we hop off Brady, I think there's one thing that everyone is looking past with him being in Tampa. The one place Brady always sucked throughout the season was when he played in Miami. Mm. When it was in Miami because he yeah. – ball seems cold. You know, they're t- Bel- Belichick's telling stories. They're under tents trying to get shade. So how is he going to fare in Tampa Bay with the year-long heat and the humidity? That's that's my biggest fear with him, you know. Very good point. Yeah, that's interesting. I never even thought of it. Um, my, uh, I think wide receiver. I think AJ Brown has a chance to really add on to what he did last year. He came on late, and that can part of be because of Mariota. You know, Tannehill taking over as when it really shined. But I think he has a chance to build on that. You know, the team's going to say, "Oh, we're going to strictly run Derrick Henry into the ground," but how many teams are going to stack the box? Not saying Derrick Henry can't get past it, but I really feel like teams are going to scheme strictly around Derrick Henry going forward, and that just is going to leave A.J. Brown with the wide open field. Aiden, what about you? Yeah, I just came up with a hot take over here myself, Um, and it's going to be that the best, the number one wide receiver this year, fantasy-wise, is going to be Devontae Adams. And the reason being is the Packers just continue to neglect – the wide receiver core and just say that Devonte is basically all Rogers needs to succeed and that they need to 
draft A.J. Dillon, like love A.J. Dillon. But the second round for A.J. Dillon, ridiculous. And drafting Jordan Love in the first round, that's insane. Yeah. So Rodgers is going to be pissed. And one thing, he could try to request a trade, which there's a lot of time left till the season might start. But I don't expect that to happen. I think he's going to play out the season. And the only guy he has to throw to pretty much is Devontae Adams. And we've seen that he can work against number one cornerbacks and go up and have crazy games. And I think he can do that again. It's not like his role has changed between wide receiver two and wide receiver one. So I do think, you know, that he could really go off, have a ton of catches, a ton of touchdowns, definitely a ton of yards. I mean, it's a hot take considering the possession receivers like Michael Thomas that usually uh, finish above him, especially in PPR leagues. But that's what I'm going to go with. Devontae Adams, number one receiver. It's funny. uh, Go ahead. Aaron Rodgers finally spoke out on this whole uh, Jordan Love thing. You know, on a conference call, he was said he was surprised, but he understands the organization thinking about the present and future. Then he said, you know, Jordan Love's not to blame. He didn't ask to be drafted here. So I had a good conversation with the day after he was drafted and excited to work with him. I'm still surprised by that. That, that <laughs> blew my mind. And all the memes of Bill Belichick started popping up and – I. I saw something that this was their way to say Aaron Rodgers doesn't run the show. Like they're sick of him calling the shots. And if that's true, that's he could be out of there by next year if they're willing to eat the dead cat. That's what I'm saying. I think he'll stay this year, but that a trade request, I'm not going to say it's guaranteed, but very, very likely in my opinion. Yeah, I think so as well. But, you know, if this team is smart, I really think that running a dual quarterback system could actually work really well. And I, that's basically what they're trying to do with Wentz and uh who is it hurts right yeah yeah hurts so i i think that's the style that a lot of teams are going towards we saw it work with Taysom hill and drew Brees. i think that you know an aging aaron Rodgers could maybe work well in that kind of situation but who knows with his ego and and how he called it seemingly looks like he's called all the shots most of his uh time there so we're, we're gonna have to see in terms of wide receivers though Uh, We brought up Michael Thomas. I always think that Michael Thomas may be the best wide receiver in the league. I think that dude is lethal in kind of like a silent way, almost like a Kawhi Leonard of the NFL. Mm. Um, But outside of him, I think that Julio Jones is going to have a resurgence this year. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is going to put up incredible numbers. He never enjoyed his time in Houston. I think that with a completely different quarterback and and a young Kyler Murray, I think they're going to be able to pull off some fun stuff. And lastly, I think that DK Metcalf is going to continue on the uh, slight run that he started to have last year and really kind of blow up. That's my guy right there. That's all I'm yeah. going to say. But that's my guy, DK. Yeah. Um, I'm a little less confident in like a Hollywood Brown. I think that they might show a bit more of a drop-off this year. Um, but, oh, who's the Giants receiver we had last year? Um, John Slayton. Yeah. Who? Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton. Another guy that I think with an improved line for Daniel Jones to throw behind, I really think that he's going to have a really solid year too. I think he can be like our star receiver of that group. I agree with that just because of the explosive speed he has, but the Giants need a tall, you know, red zone threat wide receiver. That's what they've been missing for so long Mm because Shepard, Tate, and Slayton are basically all slot receivers that have been asked to play outside. And they have the speed to be dynamic, be lethal but only with so many different plays you can call. You know, you need guys who are physical and can just jump over these corners, and especially in a division like the NFC East that has been building secondaries. I mean, I know Byron Jones has left the Cowboys now, but they still have some very good players all around. Redskins are only getting better on defense. But anyway, we need to get better, and that was something that I wish we had addressed and weren't able to. But again, I love what the Giants did this year at the draft. A lot of offensive linemen that Jason Garrett can help mold. I'm really excited to see what he can do as offense coordinator, but I don't expect the Giants to win more than six this year. I'm just excited to see what Daniel Jones can do behind hopefully a better line. But back to your original point, I do think Slayton's a great pick. I think he's the best receiver out of the Giants for fantasy this year and was last year as well. Um, another guy that we already talked about, but I think Jerry Judy, he's going to have a good fantasy year. That dude gets opening coverage so well. And that's something that, you know, is one of the hardest transitions for a lot of NFL players coming out of college. It's a lot easier to break coverage against college teams. But, you know, Jerry Judy has had that. He's proven that that is his best asset. And I think in the NFL, it's going to translate perfectly. And he's someone I'm looking at to be a, a potential wide receiver one, but a definite two. 
Yeah. So I'm really liking him going forward. And then meanwhile, I think CeeDee Lamb is only going to hurt the Cowboys' different wide receivers. I think Amari Cooper goes down a bit in value. Michael Gallup has basically lost all value. I don't know if he's even – I think he's still a Cowboy. But regardless, I think that's where Lamb kind of slots in to start is like a higher ceiling Michael Gallup in terms of fantasy production. Um, it's not – I mean, he and Cooper could both go crazy on any given game, which is scary, of course, as a Giants fan. But more from a fantasy perspective, those are guys that I would probably stay away from because you'd rather go for a Devontae Adams or somebody who really isn't competing with any other weapons. Uh, I don't know what you think about those guys, Shane, or any other receivers you're looking at. Uh, you know, it's going to come as a shocker probably, but Debo Samuel. Yeah, and, of course. And Brandon Ayuk, you know. Oh, yeah. 49ers have been run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Jimmy can, Jimmy can throw, you know. Trust me, as a Patriot fan, I, I wish we still had him, but Jimmy can throw the ball. Um, We've seen Debo's explosiveness last year between running the ball and receiving. And I think Ayuk is – he's a field stretcher. So he can take a five-yard slant that Jimmy will throw, and he could take it down the field. So I really think that's a core that will surprise everybody, especially with uh, Kittle there to catch. I, I, think, I think those are going to be two receivers to really well and to get cheap nonetheless. Yeah. So, actually, one last player that I thought of. I know we've talked about him being a cancer – but I kind of think that the Browns are a lot better this year than they were last year. Um, and I think that Odell may have a bit of a resurgence. Also, Juju Smith-Schuster, too. We have Ben Roethlisberger back. We're forgetting that we were watching Mason Rudolph throw to him most of the year. Yeah. I think with Big Ben back and if he can stay healthy, that Juju's really going to make a resurgence this year. Same with Juju. Dude, I picked, I picked Juju high last year. I think it was early second. I named my team Bad Juju after him, and that's exactly what he gave me this year. So I, I'm not really sure if I can trust him again. Uh, it's going to take me a little while. I think he benefited so much from having on uh, Antonio Brown as the number one target. He just went up against not as good corners, you know, and he was able to explode and run downfield. And now that he's the top target, I think he's lost a lot of his luster. So, I, I mean, I could see him having a resurgence. I hope he does. He's a good guy. But I won't be picking him, that's for sure. I think my favorite Steelers receiver this year is going to be Claypool. Oh, I, I love Chase Claypool. I think, I think he'll have the juju of what Juju did his rookie season. Not as explosive, but I think, especially adding Ebron to that offense, you know, a healthy James Conner, a healthy Jalen Samuels, I think Claypool could, could put up some numbers this year and – as far as Juju goes, you know, I, I love the guy, but I, I think I have to agree with the whole Antonio Brown is the reason he was able to do what he did. And how healthy is Big Ben? Like, did, I heard reports that the Tommy John might not take, and they can't tell until he's fully practicing again. So it could be another year of Mason Rudolph, or if they give in and finally sign Cam Newton. Yeah, I kind of feel like the Steelers are kind of in the lead for the Cam Newton signing. As of right now, I mean, again, like we kind of brought up the Pats and, and that's a potentially interesting idea. But I think the Steelers right now with Big Ben aging, he's really never been that healthy and he's always gotten injured. Uh, I think Cam Newton could be a signing that we'll see maybe week one if Big Ben goes down kind of early. Uh, or someone else, Drew Brees too. I don't know if Drew Brees gets injured again, uh, what that'll bring or if we have Taysom Hill kind of leading that team as starting quarterback. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I actually see him as a starter just yet. Well, they, they have Jameis too. Don't forget. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's right. I completely yeah. forgot about that. And Jameis had eye surgery too, so he actually might be lights out because he put up all those yards, a lot of interceptions, but all those yards with terrible, terrible eyes. He literally said that after the surgery, he's finally able to see uh, road signs again. Like, are, you're an NFL pro quarterback, and you can't see a road sign a couple feet in front of you. Never mind. Mike Evans down the field. It's crazy. Dude, LASIK wow. Jameis is going to be my guy. I mean, I think Drew Brees will be healthy. I don't think we'll see much of him, but I might draft him just for fun, just to have as my, like, last pick on a team if I can fit him. I love yeah. him. I really think that he's going to – once he does see starting time again, which I guess might be two years from now, I, I mean, he should actually see, you know, what his team's jersey looks like versus the other teams and maybe throw his – 40 20 versus 30 30 I, I don't know I, I love the guy I think his explosiveness and just he's just so fun to watch because you don't know what you're gonna get out of him but you're gonna get points it's gonna go one way or the other but you're gonna get some points 
Uh, doesn't make for a great fantasy option usually, but if he is much more accurate now, I think he could become a, yeah, a top 10 ceiling quarterback, you know, depending on the team he's on. So let's round this out with running backs real quick. Is there any running back hot takes that you have? I want to say Josh Jacobs, but I feel like that's an obvious one. Yeah, I feel like I, Ray, I think Ray, this Ray, is going to be mine. So I, I think we're feeling the same way. I think the Raiders will just destroy his chances, though, because they keep signing receiving backs. You know, they mm-hmm. forgot they re-signed Jalen Richard. They brought in somebody else. I forgot who it was. And they're just, you know, Josh Jacobs can catch. You know, he's capable of it. And they just – I feel like the Raiders organization just loves the whole players back. That's, a, that's just what they do. My – I agree with, with Josh Jacobs. That was one of my kind of sleeper guys. But even after last year, he – had a really solid year, so he probably may be a little bit too high uh, for being in that Raiders organization. But outside of him, I think Le'Veon Bell kind of has a year. I think the Jets bulked up that line a bit. I really think we're going to start to see flashes of old Le'Veon um, and his fellow counterpart in New York, Saquon Barkley, I think in this new line uh, with Jason Garrett helping on that end. I, I really think that Saquon Barkley has, if he can stay healthy, because the big issue last year was he was injured. But if he can stay healthy, Saquon Barkley is going to be a f- incredible fantasy threat this year. Yeah, I'm going to take Kenyon Drake with those Cardinals that we keep talking about. I think he yeah. has the chance to be a really good player, um, and he's going to get the majority of rushes for them. So, I mean, other than uh, Kyler running it himself. But I want to say that Todd Gurley is going to be a bust this year. I think he's yeah. not going to stay fully healthy. I don't even think he's healthy right now, and I don't see him making it through a full season. So if the Falcons are banking on him being their starting running back, I just don't think that's going to work out. Yeah, and then a guy like Kamara is always, always going to be solid. Uh, so, I don't know. Running back isn't too difficult right now. I, th- I think the receiver question is the one that was – the one I wanted to talk about the most just because there's a lot of new talent in that field now. Um, so, let's take a look at the schedule of games coming up. I'm going to pull it up real quick. Um, and I want to go through – and we're going to pick out who wins each game for week one, starting with – I'm loading it in right now. We have the first Thursday game scheduled right now for September 10th. It is Texans at Chiefs. I know that oh, I'm awesome. riding with the Chiefs on this one. Uh, what about you guys? Chiefs. Yeah, no question, Chiefs. The Texans have gotten just totally worse. And while they were able to put a battle up in Arrowhead, right, at the AFC Championship game, um, or was that division? I, I mean, I just remember – it was divisional, I think. It was one of the best games of the playoffs. Oh, it was. Okay, yeah. Regardless, I was trying to work it out to when we went back to college. I thought it was only divisional. But even still, that shows how good the Texans were last year. But just trading away Hopkins, making these moves that have all been so questionable – I don't see them really standing a chance against the Chiefs coming out of their Super Bowl parade and celebration offseason. So after that, we have Packers at Vikings. For me, I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to have a fire under his ass. I think he's coming out lights out for that game against the Vikings. And wait, let's see when it is. It's a 10 a.m. game for Kirk Cousins. So, I mean, it's not prime time. That's a type of game where Kirk Cousins would actually have a solid game. So, I don't know, a little iffy, but I really think that Aaron Rodgers is showing out first game. It's kicking off at 10 a.m.? Yeah, it says 10 a.m. Oh, huh. wait. Yeah. Is that it like Pacific time? It's got to be Mine one, says yeah, one o'clock. Yeah. Uh, are you on Pacific time over there? I might be on Pacific time <laughs> right now. That makes uh, way more sense because the rest are – yeah, sorry. Okay, cool. Me. I, I was yeah. just going to say, I mean, new schedule for the NFL, I guess. But uh, <laughs> oh. it's a good point. Bless you. Uh, good point that Kirk Cousins wouldn't be playing primetime. And, I mean, he put up a good fight in the playoffs this past year. I'll take them because I think the Packers, like we've been saying, have some kind of dysfunctional thing going on as usual in the background, and I don't think that's going to play out well. Uh, Vikings not having Stefan Diggs anymore, but they'll be able to replace him. Who they draft in that? Uh, Justin Jefferson is their replacement for him, yes. I think? Yes. Yeah? Well, yeah? I think it'll be all right. Not great, but we'll see what he can do there. I'll take the Vikings. I think we have to side Vikings, especially a healthy Dalvin Cook. I feel yeah. like Packers defense just can't stop, especially after the championship where they let off 250 rushing yards to Raheem Mostert. I, I, don't, I 
I think they feed Dalvin Cook the ball enough. I think the Vikings can win it week one. All right, so another 1 o'clock, not 10, but 1 o'clock scheduled game is Dolphins at Pats. If Tua starts this game, I think I'm rolling with the Dolphins. I think Brian Flores is a great coach, and I really think that they've done some good stuff in the past year in this draft uh, to really bulk up a bit. And I think you're going against a, you know, talked about matchup in Bill Belichick's paths, even though Brady's not there anymore. I think the team is going to be, I don't know, something that the Dolphins can come out firing on and really get the better of a, a team with a big fan base, a big name, and without their star quarterback, um, and really give it to Bill Belichick. I don't know which way to go right now. I agree that Flores is a great coach, and I think Tua could have some rookie magic in his debut if he is healthy. I just think I can see the headlines for the week one win for the Dolphins in New England, all these question marks about can Belichick do it with a guy other than Brady. And the only reason I'll say Dolphins for week one is because I could see the Pats like just using that loss and taking it as this motivation to have a great season despite all these changes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'll say it's Dolphins week one with the Pats just going on a tear after that and finishing with the winning record. I'm not going to be confident in my pick until after, you know, preseason get to see more play. Obviously, I want to have faith the Patriots win it. I think if Tua starts, the Patriots win. That's, that's my belief. You know, if Fitzpatrick is in, it, it'll be a toss-up. I, I think I'm still going to have to side with the Patriots here just because Miami did bring in some star pieces on the defense, but I'm going to give it a coachings coaching edge and I'm just going to take Belichick in the week one matchup and so far I think those two slots are must watch football for that first weekend because we have Aaron Rodgers coming out after uh, the draft and everything and now we have a Tua team on the Dolphins coming up against the Pats uh, without Brady I think that's must watch TV and must watch football so another game for that time slot we have Eagles at Redskins our division rivals for the Giants fans out there um I'm rolling with the Eagles. Dwayne Haskins really hasn't shown me anything yet. Um, it's going to be cool to see Chase Young, maybe him take down Carson Wentz. But I think Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts, is actually going to be a system that works. And we're going to see some cool stuff day one right out the gate with those two. Yeah, if they're going to use Jalen Hurts in their offense, which it sounds like they are completely planning on doing so, I'm going to take the Eagles week one because no team will have been able to game plan for it yet. It'll take the Redskins by surprise. Chase Young will have a great game, but I think you're right. Haskins is just going to get eaten up by the Eagles. And yeah, we'll go Philly. Uh, I'll be the odd man now. I'm going to take the Redskins here. <laughs> week one, week one last year, they came out, you know, they held the lead for, I think most of the game or did they come from behind to, I forgot, but I know it was a close game. I think just having Ron Rivera, again, Coach's Edge, That's I think fair. Ron Rivera is going to boost that team. You know, they got rid of all the, you know, problems within the organization, the medical team, the front office. And I think with Alex Smith showing he can be back on a field, you know, maybe he'll work with Dwayne. Hopefully he'll work with Dwayne Haskins this year. Again, I, I don't like Dwayne Haskins at all, but I think I'm going to have to take the Redskins here. And I think Chase Young will have a huge rookie debut. Yeah, no more Trent Williams, though, on the other side. So I think that might hurt Haskins because if he couldn't even get time with – well, I guess Trent didn't really play last year either. Yeah, he didn't play last year, so yeah. But, yeah, they won't be adding him back is the issue. But, yeah. So after that, we have Raiders at Panthers. I'm running with the Panthers. I think Teddy Bridgewater having his own team, starting role right now, I really like it, uh, especially against the Raiders. I think that Mariota is not – going to be anything special for them just like he wasn't for the titans um i'm i'm rocking with with the panthers yeah i don't expect the raiders to start mariota i think it would still be Derek carr right now and even that's just I think a Derek toss Carr's up the shortest of leashes though oh for sure but they don't really have anyone else to replace him right now um but what i would say is every time i saw a panthers home game it seemed like last year on red zone it was just mccaffrey going for like three four touchdowns a game just crazy stuff I'm sure he's going to try to do that again. I'll say Panthers as well, but I'm not as confident in Bridgewater as an everyday starter just yet. I want to see that happen again before I really, you know, commit one way or the other. But, yeah, I want to see how Matt Rule does in his coaching debut. I'll, I'll give him the edge here over Gruden. I agree. I don't see Bridgewater 
how good he could be as a starter. I do pick the Panthers to definitely win this game. Again, the Raiders just destroy themselves every game they're in. You know, who knows? Derek Carr could start, throw two picks. We see Mariota in, and Mariota does what he does every time. He looks good, and then he just crashes. Yep. So, you know, Raiders' defense isn't the best. So I, th- I think I'm just going to have to give it to the Panthers and watch McCaffrey do what he usually does game in and game out. So then we have Colts at Jaguars. Um, Phillip Rivers is with the Colts now, right? Um, yeah. I'm still not confident enough in them. I'm going to roll with the Jaguars on that one. Uh, I don't know. That's just kind of a toss-up game for me. I, I really don't see either way that going to be a great game. I'm going to take Indy because I think they have the better team around Phillip Rivers, and then the Jags have just kind of fallen apart. You've still got Fournette, and Ngakwe's still there. They're both still requesting trades. And <laughs> I don't really trust in um, – what's his name? In uh, Minshew. Uh, I'm going to have to see how he does this season. But really, they're the team, I think, that will be tanking for Trevor this year. So I'll say Colts on that one. Minshew mania, you know. All right. Who, yeah. who, who's, who, who's the head coach down there? Why can't I remember? It's uh, Marone, is he still there? Yes. Please. All right. Come so on. he's on thin. He just like Matt Patricia. He's on thin ice this year. You know, everyone's going to say the Jaguars are tanking for Trevor. Now, why would you have a head coach who will lose his job if they go like that? Not try to win games. Mm-hmm. So I think the Jaguars are going to come out firing, and I can't see them. You know, really being in a tank for Trevor year. So after that, we have Seahawks at Falcons. I'm going to take the Falcons. I think Falcons are going to have a bit of a bounce back here this year. Seahawks are good. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I, I'm really confident in, in this squad. If, uh, if the Seahawks keep clowny, which seems pretty possible right now, and for a cheaper deal than expected originally, I, I just I think the Seahawks here, because whether home or away, the Falcons just could not get it done last year. And they haven't made any changes. I think they stuck with Dan Quinn. I can't really think of – I mean, yes, they added Todd Gurley. He'll be the healthiest he is all season in week one, probably. Um, but with all that being said, I think the Seahawks are the better team. And while I love Julio Jones, probably my favorite player in the league, I just – and Matt Ryan, BC guy, but all of that, I just – they weren't able to put it together last year. They haven't changed anything this year. I don't think they're going to get it done. I'll go Seahawks. I'm going to have to go Seahawks. That Falcon secondary just – it's not what it was the year they went to yeah. the Super Bowl. That's that's the only iffy part, especially you got DK Metcalf and another second year in the league now, you know, and Tyler Lockett on the other side. You got Greg Olson in the offense to help out. Oh, yeah. Will Disley should oh, be back. And I don't even know what's going on with the running backs. Don't know if Carson will be ready, if Penny will be ready. So I'm going to have to give the edge to uh, the Seahawks here because I think Russell Wilson will make magic happen. So, looking ahead, we then have Bears at Lions. I'm going to ride with the Bears. I think that getting Nick Foles, having him run a quarterback, I think that's going to be a big upgrade to Mitch Trubisky. That is, if Mitch isn't starting for some reason week one, I I think that Nick Foles is the way to roll. I think he can really get something going. Nick Foles kind of riles his guys up and uh, gets a good performance out of them uh, starting right out the gate, especially against a Lions team like that. So for the same reason you guys had about Marone coaching his ass off, trying to keep his job, and like you mentioned, Shane, I think Patricia's in the same boat. And I just think the Lions at home, if Stafford's going to be healthy, which I haven't really stayed up to date on where he's at, but I'm assuming he would be by September, I got to take the Lions. I think the Bears are still going to be figuring out that offense, whether they're going with Trubisky or Foles. And I I like the Lions better. I like Galladay. I like – I mean, they don't have Darius Slay anymore, but I want to see how Okuda does. I think he's going to be pretty good as well. I'll stick with the Lions. They have a lot of questions on defense, a lot of questions on the field in general. But for some reason, that's a game that more – I see the Bears losing more than it's like a Lions winning. Exactly. It just seems like the Bears aren't going to get off to a hot start. If there's a winner, I'm going to say the Lions. <laughs> exactly. But I want to pick this game to go to a tie. The past okay. two years, we've seen games end in a tie. I think two years ago, it was Browns and Steelers. Last year, it was the Lions and Cardinals. I think I'm gonna have to pick this game to end in a tie. I, I just I feel like can totally see that. I completely. Agree. It's it's just the two teams that they are. I think Trubisky is gonna be the starter, but again, like the other quarterbacks before, very short leash. You know, they didn't pick up the fifth year option, so after this year, they're done with him. So I think Trubisky will get the start, but I really do seeing this going just ending in a tie. 
Uh, well, that's going to be an awful one to watch compared to some of the other ones going on at that time slot. But we have two other games going on at the same time, and that is Browns at Ravens and Jets at Bills. So firstly, Browns at Ravens. I'm going to ride with the Ravens. I think it's a no-brainer. Browns had so much troubles last year. I think Lamar Jackson picks it right up where he left off on his MVP season and uh, keeps things moving. I See, like I, this sounds like a fun hot take time to take the Browns and just see if they really can bounce back from a four-year last year. But I just do not like Cleveland, man. I, I don't see them beating a team like Baltimore, especially in Baltimore. I don't think Lam- – I think Lamar's going to slump a little bit. I don't think he's going to have the same year he did last year. I think teams are going to figure him out a bit. But that doesn't mean he still, you know, are going to be able to beat him. So I, I do think the Ravens win this. I like their defense better. I still don't like Baker. I don't like Odell. I could go on for hours, but I will say I'm going to take the Ravens. 40 to 25. The Browns beat the Ravens uh, week three, week four last year. That was with Miles Garrett. They lost the second game without Miles Garrett. I, I think Lamar, you know, I think teams are going to be able to figure out how to stop him. You know, not that he's stoppable, but I think they'll be able to figure a way to slow him down. So uh, I'm going to have to go with the Browns here. You know, I'm, I'm all in on the Browns this year. So I, th- I think they'll beat the Ravens. I like it. I mean, I'm kind of having a resurge confidence in the Browns as well. So I really think that that's going to be an interesting uh, week one game. I, I think we're going to see some new stuff out of them. Uh, But moving on, we then have Jets at Bills, like I mentioned. While I do think that the Jets built up their line, I'm expecting better things out of Sam Darnold. I'm expecting better things out of Le'Veon. I'm still going to go with the Bills. I think the Bills have put together a really good squad, Uh, especially I think that they had one of the better drafts this year. Um, And it's time for Josh Allen to show up. This is the year that's make or break Josh Allen. Are we confident in him? Is he going to be good enough if they do get to the playoffs to bring them even further along? I don't know. I I really haven't seen anything out of Josh Allen yet that shows he's a proven franchise quarterback. And I think this is the year where he has to make it known. Yeah. I don't love Josh Allen either, but the bills are the better team and they're at home bills mafia vibe. So I'll go bills. I do want to say though, that the jets were kind of disrespected for their draft this year. And I thought they did a great job. I think the Becton pick was really disrespected because, you know, people thought it was a reach when the giants were even, linked to having him at fourth overall and this is just a developmental guy the Jets are not in a place to win now they're gonna have to take a couple years to develop everybody and if you want a guy to be your left tackle for a while with his size he's definitely got the potential to do that so in my opinion there's a total tangent but the Jets could have some good wins this year just doing it away in Buffalo isn't gonna happen I'll go Bills yeah I think I'm gonna have to agree with the Bills I mean we, we look at Lamar Jackson you know two years ago he couldn't throw the ball Last year, he comes out week one, four touchdown, looks incredible. And I think adding Stephon Diggs, you know, giving him not John Brown or Cole Beasley as his receivers, if there is an offseason and Josh Allen gets the chance to work with Stephon Diggs, I think they can fix his accuracy issues, and I really feel like he can do something special this year. And, again, the Jets, I just – they're not ready to win yet. Exactly. On the other hand, though, with Stefan Diggs, he's just another guy who just doesn't seem to have any patience with his quarterbacks and with his teams in general. And if Josh Allen isn't able to hit him in stride and accurately, because Diggs is a guy that needs the pass to be thrown to him at that exact moment, you know, to take it in stride and run it up. I think he could realize that the Bills aren't the best fit for him and cause some heck there some problems in the locker room. I really don't, you know, think that'll happen it's not too likely I'll say because Diggs wanted to go to a team who's a contender and the Bills are moving in that direction but even still it just seems like a possibility to me and makes me question that move as a whole doesn't mean that they're not going to be better because of it but it's just something to look out for with them so moving on we then get to our second slate of games starting out with the quarterback battle between the Chargers at the Bengals with Herbert against uh, Joe Burrow I'm riding with Joe Joe Burrow week one. I think that the dude has looked at the playbook since before the draft. He's going to be ready. He has the mentality where he's going to want to win and show out for the city of Cincinnati. Um, I don't think it's going to be all great and grand for Joe Burrow this year. I think he's going to have a lot of struggles. But week one in that rookie quarterback matchup, I think he's going to provide some hope for Ohio fans. I'm going to say – 
It's kind of tough because I agree that Burrow is the better rookie quarterback between the two, but I feel like the Chargers have the better team around them. And I almost want to say that matters more when both of them are just, you know, starting their first career game. And we don't even know if the Chargers are going to start Herbert. They might go Tyrod Taylor, and that experience might pay off in a battle like this. It's not going to pay off too much in the, the entire season. There will be teams that are too good for that. But with a team like the Bengals that was, you know, the worst team in the league last year, they're adding a rookie quarterback who needs to figure out the speed of the game. I'm going to go Chargers for what feels like an upset, but to me just makes sense. I'll go Chargers. Bengals. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't see it going any other way, you know. I think – I'm not going to knock the Chargers, obviously, for drafting Justin Herbert, you know. He's uh, – I think he's, he has the potential to be another Josh Allen, you know. He's physical accuracy issues. But I feel like the Chargers are going to roll out with Tyrod Taylor. I feel like their best bet would have been to sign Cam Newton. I feel like that would have been their guy for the next three to four years. And I think it's going to blow up in their face. And, again, it's, it's in Cincinnati, right? Yeah, uh, yes. So Joe Burrow's getting a home game in his home state, you know, where he grew up and lived for his first, uh, his first game. You know, how, how can you bet against that? Well, well, whatever the odds are, I might take them, honestly. I well, think that's my hot is, take for the week. We don't know if these games will even have fans week one. So it <sighs> could just true. be a quiet stadium that Joe Burrow is playing in, even if it still is Ohio and he has fans rooting on at home. Wow. Uh, and that's another thing. If there were fans going to games, the way to sell tickets to this game is to somehow find a way to have it be Herbert versus Burrow. Right. Otherwise, you know, no one's paying. Everyone's just watching on TV. People will still tune in. Well, Bengals fans would go no matter what. It would be Burrow's debut. They'd be there. But I still think that you drive the – I don't even know what I'm saying. Viewership through the roof. Oh, yeah. Herbert is definitely playing against Burrow week one. But I'm going to ride with Burrow on that one. And we get into our slightly later uh, 425 games. We got – Cardinals at 49ers. I like this game. I think we have a very close game. I've been hyping up this Cardinals team, but I'm going to take the 49ers to win it. That's tough for me too. And before I get into Cardinals Niners, I like I had not thought about fans not being present at these games until you just said that. I've been really taking the home advantage into account here, especially I said Bills Mafia vibes in Buffalo. That would go a long way. And now not being there, the Jets who seem to be screwed every time they walk into uh, Buffalo wouldn't really have that vibe they'll still lose but um, in this case you know I'd go Niners because they're at home playing for their crowd that supported them through that you know NFC championship run but this seems like now if they're playing in front of an empty crowd give me Kyler Murray with his new weapons I want to see what the Cardinals can do I'll pick them I mean, we don't even know if it's going to be a home game for the Niners. Uh, California's just shut down until August, so who knows if they'll be open. They exactly. could be in Arizona. But I think I'm going to have to go with 49ers. They're coming off a Super Bowl loss, one that they could have easily won. You know, stupid mistakes late that they just couldn't get a hold of. It was too late. I think I'm going to have to go with the 49ers. I think they're going to start out hot, and, you know, they're going to be right back where they were last year. So then we have our last 425 game. It's Buccaneers at Saints. I think there's too much hype behind Tom Brady week one for him to lose that, uh, for him to prove that he is beyond Belichick. He can win in a different system. There's a lot of talent. Uh, Drew Brees is aging too. And we started to see some of that last season. It's going to be a good game. Definitely a really awesome game to watch, but I'm riding with Brady in the Bucs. Tampa Bay is going to have to figure out how to play with each other. And I think that's going to take a couple weeks. The Saints haven't made any huge changes. They still have Drew Brees at the helm. It's tough because those are the kinds of games that are normally shootouts back and forth, and the Saints end up pulling it out by like three points. That's what I'll guess for this one. But I agree with you as well, and I'm, I'm expecting Shane to say it. I feel like Brady does want to get a win in that first week. But I'll, I'll go with the Saints. This is another one that we have to wait to see for training camp. What, what is Brady notorious for? We had James White. He chucked the ball at James White, and he would make the play. Ronald Jones hasn't proven to do anything yet. They got Keyshawn Vaughn in the draft. So Brady has a back he trusts enough to throw the ball to. I'll give it to the Buccaneers all day, but I think I'm going to have to go with the Saints right this second. Just I don't want to see Brady get that one week one with the Buccaneers. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be 
probably one of the better games of that Sunday. We've highlighted a couple. Um, but then we have the Sunday night game, Cowboys at Rams. As much as I hate to say it, I think the Cowboys are going to win that one. I'm really not a Jared Goff guy. I think Todd Gurley's gone now, even though we said uh, that he was, wasn't going to have a great year. I think that's a big loss for the Rams. Um, they're just a team that I really think have been on such a decline since the Super Bowl, um, and mainly due to Jared Goff being a quarterback. I don't think that he's a franchise guy. I'm with you there. Uh, it hurts to pick the Cowboys, but they've only gotten better. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, other than the Byron Jones loss, but they can make up for that as well. Um, I, I, I kind of like the Rams jerseys. I'm not sure where I am on them yet. It'll be a cool little debut for them in L.A. Oh, uh, I, hate them. I hate the Rams jerseys. I, I kind of like the vibe. Chargers jerseys are That's the so best true. But they're, they're really similar. Like the logo, down to even the logo, the Rams look similar to the Chargers. I, I kind of like the look, the but it looks the, like the Chargers. The new helmets make them look more like Power Rangers and not <laughs> in like a cool way. I, I think that the Chargers ones are sleek. They are going to pop on TV, um, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to really hype up that West Coast vibe for that team as opposed to the Rams where they just look kind of like, I don't know, something out of a Marvel movie. What I was going to say is usually with a new look, they come out with, you know, a new vibe and it usually means a new approach for the team, but the Rams don't seem to have that for me. And even though they're playing at home, and again, we did say California might be shut down. This could get moved to Dallas. Uh, regardless, I do think Cowboys end up taking it. Coleman knows this. I rode Dak and Amari Cooper last year in fantasy. Okay. Got me a couple wins over him. But the one thing you always notice is, they put up their monster numbers when they're in Dallas. So if they play on the road, you know, they lost Byron Jones. How good is their defense if they're paying Zeke, they're paying Amari Cooper, they got to get a contract for Dak. That's to say they don't pull a surprise move and trade Dak or just let him walk, you know, because he still hasn't signed the tender. I think they owe him almost $30 million now to play on the tag. Um, but I think I'm going to have to give it to the Rams. You know, I just, they got Jalen Ramsey on the defense. True. So we'll see how Amari Cooper can fare if he shadows Amari Cooper or whoever he goes on. We'll see what happens with that. Zeke wasn't bad last year, but he didn't have those big games that I felt, you know, really showed his true potential last year. And their center, Travis Frederick, just retired. Yep. So now they, you know, their offensive line obviously is going to need a little bit of boosting, but – I think the Rams will pull it out, and I think it'll be a boring game, honestly. It'll be like oh, it'll a be. 21 to 18 or some bad score like that. You could have picked a lot better to be on Sunday primetime than this one for sure. I think the Saints-Buccaneers game would have been better for primetime. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, and then we have our two Monday night games, starting out Steelers at our Giants. I'm going to roll with the Giants here. Uh we don't know how Big Ben is after last season and the injury he had. I'm not confident in Mason Rudolph. We saw Juju Smith struggle. Uh, obviously, defense is still pretty solid, but I'm still going to ride with this new look Giants having a better O line, having Saquon Barkley rushing behind it. I think Saquon's going to be key in this game. And I also think we're going to see a revitalized Daniel Jones behind the new uh, offensive line. I think it's going to be a close game, though, but I have a feeling Giants will be able to squeak it out. There's so many question marks around Pittsburgh that it is plausible for the Giants to win. I think Joe Judge, this is a perfect chance for him to make his coaching debut on a high note. But at the same time, with, you know, we mentioned earlier, a healthy James Conner, a potentially healthy Big Ben. Um, if Big Ben is healthy, I'm taking the Steelers. If it's Mason Rudolph, it feels like a toss-up to me, but this just feels like a classic game the Giants would lose when everyone thinks that they're going to win it. And sure, that was in an old era. Maybe the Joe Judge era is a little different. I'm not getting my hopes up. I'll go Steelers now. We'll see, you know, how the Giants are looking in the lead up. And the Steelers as well. But for now, I'll take Pittsburgh. The Giants are four-point favorites in this game. Jeez. Or no. Wow. I'm sorry. The Steelers. The Steelers are four-point. Haven't been betting in a while. (laughs) No, no worries. So, (laughs) the Steelers are four-point favorites in this game. The over-under is 47. Give me Daniel Jones. Starting okay. the year off with a win. Uh, I, I hate the Giants, but, <laughs> I, I, you know, if I was a Giants fan, I would have been ecstatic. But I think they drafted the best, honestly. Like, one of the best. Like, they got steals all around. 
you know, they snagged Xavier McKinney in the second. He was projected mm-hmm. to go in the first all around. So I think going in with this new Giants offense, new culture, new everything, Shermer was the main problem last year. I think that's mm-hmm. a big boost for you guys this year. You know, I've liked what I've seen out of Joe Judge so far, especially since he came from the Pats. Look how good our special teams were. So I'm going to have to give the edge to the Giants for sure. And I don't want to say it's going to be close because I really don't think it will be. I think it's like a two to three score game. Okay. I hope so. (laughs) I would love for that to be the case. Uh, But as Giants fans, we, you know, know what this team is all about and we can definitely be a little more pessimistic here. Uh, And then we finish out last game of week one, Titans at Broncos. Uh, I'm rolling with – this is actually a tough game. Yeah, this is a tough one. I actually – oh, damn, this is actually rough. I'm a Drew Locke fan. I'm going to roll with the Broncos here, but in a very tough choice. I think that Tannehill and the Titans are legit. I think that Vrabel is an awesome coach, uh, but I like this new-look Broncos. I think the defense is still there. I'm going to roll with the Broncos at home – especially if there's fans, I'm going to roll with the Broncos. Uh, but this is a toss-up game for me. This is, this is one of the tougher ones for me to pick. After everything they did last year in the postseason, uh, I think I got to go with the Titans. I mean, I think the Broncos are going to be a lot better this year. And I think Tannehill was kind of a surprise, you know, last season. I don't know if he's going to be able to continue that this year when teams are, again, you know, ready to game plan for him in, a, in an offense that actually makes sense compared to how Miami tried to use him. So – I mean, there's a chance the Broncos win this, especially in Denver. Mile high, you got to deal with the altitude. But with all that, I think Derek Henry's going to start off right where he left off. I think Tannehill's going to look great. And overall, I'm going to take Tennessee. I'm going Denver. I mean, Derek Henry's that offense. We see it year in and year out. Derek Henry always gets off to a slow start. You know, first week he doesn't come out, you know, 200 rushing yards, six touchdowns. He gets off to a slow start. And I think – I like Tannehill. You know, I, I wanted them to go to the Super Bowl last year. I really did, you know, after they beat us. But I'm going to have to get to the Broncos. I think Tannehill getting this payday might get – it seems like whenever a quarterback gets paid, they always get a little in over their head. You know, and I know he didn't get paid much, but I don't know. I, I just think they're going to struggle for the first week or two. And plus their defense – I know they lost Logan Ryan – that he was a big, he was a good cornerback. I don't know who else they lost defensively. They lost Jack Conklin on offense, yeah. so that's that's a huge piece, especially when you want to run the ball down the throat. So, give me Broncos for sure. The one thing I'll say about Derrick Henry, because I agree with the Tannehill point. You know, when quarterbacks get paid, they do start to just fall off a little bit, get complacent, maybe. I feel like this is a different Derrick Henry, though. He has started slow every season, but to me, it just feels like. He's become the focal point now where it seemed like he had the potential and never really was hitting his stride. He just came off, you know, the best rushing season in the league last year. So I think they're expecting, you know, to get him going again. They're going to do everything they can to do so. So for that, I do think he'll be able to, you know, catch fire quickly. But to your point, he's never done it before. I'll just – I'll take Tennessee in this one and hope that he does. And that wraps up week one. Obviously, there's a ton of time – until then, I'm sure Ian and I will look at it like a week before and have completely different answers. Yeah, probably. Uh, but, you know, it's some football excitement. We got the schedule out, and now I'm ready and dying for football to return. So let's wrap up real quick. Just do a top five of GOAT fantasy players all time for you. Just personal picks. Uh, we'll, we'll figure out who has the best five, maybe throw up a poll or something uh, for our fans out there. So, Shane, you can start us off, and we'll go oh. around – uh in snake draft order so we'll go shane aiden me and then i'll go again and flip it back 